It is a privilege again to have the opportunity to preach a sermon written by Bill Rankin. The large question for us today concerns the narrative of the man from Galilee. Did his story come to a full stop with the crucifixion? Or did it resume thereafter, perhaps in a different medium, an eternal one, let's say, that now includes us? The earliest Christian community is the witness to the resumption of his story. Its literature shows the disciples initially giving up on the Messiah when he died on Golgotha, executed by Rome's agents. The disciples were headed home when intercepted by two clues that the Jesus narrative had resumed against all expectation and common sense. One was the account of the empty tomb. The other, reports of his post-resurrection appearances to the disciples. The account that mainly re-empowered the discouraged disciples, rejuvenated them, set them again on the road to service, healing, and forgiving sins in his name was the appearances. Some even walked directly into martyrdom. Something happened, in other words, after his death, and it was powerful. Soon enough, the resurrection appearances began to fade. The experience of his presence among them began to center upon the Eucharist. He had said, after all, where two or three are gathered in my name, I will be there. And take, eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in the remembrance of me. His story includes all of us now. We find him at the altar, at the table, but equally among the poor and the oppressed, those who serve him, who serve them. As the Bible quotes Jesus, truly, whenever you serve the least of these, you do it to me. I'd like now to tell you briefly of three encounters I felt that I've had in my lifetime with the Galilean as I have found him in the lives of others. In the late 1960s, Sally and I moved from the East Coast to Pasadena. I'd taken a job working with youth at a large urban parish there, All Saints. In my first year, I became aware of teenage drug use, teenage alienation from parents, teenage resistance to the draft in the Vietnam War, dropping out of schools, family disruptions, and the weakening of most other social institutions. And most disturbingly, as we have experienced in this community, teenage deaths. During my time on that staff, four kids from the parish died tragically in their youth. I learned what Dr. David Smith in San Francisco was doing when he founded the Haight-Ashbury Free Clinic. Long story short, with a lot of help from the rector of All Saints and several generous parishioners, from other clergy and parishioners in Pasadena, from a local medical society, the YWCA, a whole bunch of us founded and operated a free clinic in the city's old town with volunteer physicians, counselors, and attorneys. It lasted 14 years and quickly became a place where alienated youth could get medical, 
psychological, and legal help without having to face judgment, condemnation, or fears of being reported to police or parents for this or that. So this setting, this setting is where I met an extraordinary social worker supplied to us by the YWCA, Melvin Newman, an African-American woman with many years' experience working with young people. She relates to them without superiority or condescension. She has and readily uses a robust sense of humor. One evening, I saw her meeting with some fragile kids, and she was talking with them about why suicide doesn't work. It doesn't, she said, because in us, there is a good side that appreciates life and enjoys it and protects us from danger. But there is also a destructive side that wants to stop the pain that we feel. If we allow the destructive side to destroy our pain in suicide, it ends up destroying our good side too. It destroys us. The kids listened intently to that. They discussed it, and in the end, they agreed with her, and then they were all laughing with her. And at that moment, I saw Jesus in this marvelous social worker. A decade later, we were in Durham, North Carolina. I'd finished a graduate program at Duke, and Sally had just begun one. I took a job in protective services to children. One day, a young mother and her son, I would guess he was around 10 years old, walked into my office. They sat down, and the mom said, I have to move to Newark. I cannot take Ezra with me. I have no one to leave him with here. He is a good boy and he needs foster care. She left. Ezra was a sweet boy, soft-spoken, well-behaved. I had the court declare him a dependent child and then he was placed in foster care. It broke my heart. For a while thereafter, I would find him after school, sitting in the lobby of our building, hoping his mother would come back and find him. In a bag in his lap were his school books. His eyes would scan the room and especially the doors, day after day, until one day he was no longer there. In that boy's face, I had seen bravery, poise, and loneliness. I had seen the forsaken Christ. Lastly, some years ago, Sally and I were at the Shamba Health Center, a remote outpost in southern Malawi. HIV prevalence at that time was around one in every six adults. With us was a young Malawian doctor, recently graduated from the one medical school in the country, and recently assigned as the health officer of the Zamba district. Now you get to this facility by four-wheel drive vehicle going about 90 minutes from the Gaia office on a paved road, then taking a dirt path for another 30 minutes. We arrive at the small brick building in a clearing. Waiting outside were over 200 patients, all having walked from their home unknown distances away. They had lined up in the order of their arrival. Inside the building was a clinical officer, the equivalent of a physician's assistant, and two community health nurses. Some patients were just incredibly ill, including young children with malaria. Now, as our work there was ending, 
we began to return to our vehicle. When the young Malawian doctor excused himself and turned back towards the building, I watched him stop to close the door. Something, something was on the ground there. He knelt down and then raised in his arms a very ill elderly woman. He carried her through the doorway into the facility. It was for me a remarkable reversal of the Pieta. This young doctor and this older woman, I saw Christ, the healer. I hope it is evident that his story didn't end on the cross. He is still with us, visibly in the suffering, but also in the helping and the healing found even today in the human condition. Thank God and thank God.